Gaudete. It's a command, my brothers and sisters, that can be very hard to follow, even if we really want to. Today is known as Gaudete Sunday. That's spelled G-A-U-D-E-T-E. It's a Sunday when we light the third candle, the pink one, on our Advent wreath, signifying that the season of Advent is now more than half over and that Christmas is fast approaching. And so the Church tells us to do what St. Paul tells us to do in that text we just heard from 1 Thessalonians 5. The Church tells us to rejoice. In fact, she not only tells us to rejoice, she commands us to do it. Gaudere in Latin is the verb that means to rejoice. But gaudete is the imperative plural form of the verb, which means it's a command. It's a command that's being given to you, to me, to all of us, to every single human person on planet Earth. Rejoice! Gaudete. Which is why I said what I said at the beginning of my homily. It's a command that can be very hard to follow even if we really want to. Because we can always find a reason not to rejoice. You probably find a number of reasons not to rejoice. Even if our life is going along pretty well right now, even if we're content with the way things are in our life right now, there will always be some reason for us not to rejoice. It might be something that we're personally going through that's pulling us down emotionally right now. It might be something that somebody else is experiencing that's affecting us. Think of the shootings that took place at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, two years ago this very week. Most of us didn't know the victims or their relatives, and yet I dare say all of us were deeply affected by that terrible tragedy. How could we not be? As I see it, there are two major categories of reasons for us not to rejoice. The first is the general state of the world. The second category is the particular state of our world. The general state of the world is determined by the kinds of things we read about in the paper every day. The murders of innocent people, like those that took place in Newtown. The rioting, the terrorism, the war, the greeds, the abuse of various kinds. You get the picture, I'm sure. The particular state of our world is determined by what we're experiencing in our life at the present time, or by events in our past that are still affecting us today. For example, some of you have lost loved ones suddenly, tragically. For some of you that's happened very recently. Some of you have lost your jobs recently. Some of you have been diagnosed with serious illnesses in the recent past. Some of your relatives and friends are going through difficult times right now. The possibilities of things that can drag us down from our personal lives are almost endless. And this is why it can be hard to rejoice. 
especially around Christmas when the general perception is that everyone around us is filled with joy. That, by the way, is a false perception. Everybody out there is not filled with joy. But because of all the beautiful externals, all the decorations, all the nice music, all the parties at this time of year, that's the way it can appear to be. So what's the answer? Is it possible to fulfill this command to rejoice even when bad things are happening out there in the world and also in here, in our little world, our personal world? The answer, I'm happy to say, is yes. Yes, it is possible to gaudete, to rejoice in times of suffering. Yes, it is possible to rejoice in times of trial. Yes, it's possible to rejoice in the worst of circumstances. It's possible because in the midst of the reasons, in the midst of all the reasons that we have not to rejoice, there is always one reason we have to rejoice. And that reason is Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. First of all, let me make a very important distinction, a necessary distinction, between feeling joy and rejoicing. Two different things. Feeling joy is an emotional thing. It's an emotional response to something that pleases us. The children here, for example, will see their presence under the tree on Christmas morning and they will feel joy. That will happen quite naturally. And if they've been very good this year, they will feel incredible joy. That naturally happens. Rejoicing is different. Rejoicing, biblically speaking, is an act of the will. It's a conscious decision, a deliberate decision, a conscious and deliberate decision to praise and glorify God regardless of what we're going through in our lives at the present time. And it's a decision that's made on the basis of things that we know to be true. I don't always feel joy. You don't either. No person on planet Earth does. But even when I'm not feeling joy, I can still make the conscious and deliberate decision to rejoice based on what I know by faith to be true. And there we have the key to it all. If I want to be able to rejoice today on the third Sunday of Advent and on every other day of the year, I have to make the effort, the conscious, deliberate effort to look beyond all those reasons I have not to rejoice and then I have to focus my attention on those things that my faith tells me are true. For example, I need to focus my attention on the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord. Even in the midst of the chaos, confusion, darkness of this world, He's Lord. I need to focus my attention on the fact that Jesus Christ loves me. And he loves me with an unconditional love, even when I mess up, even when I fail him. I need to focus my attention on the fact that Jesus is with me always, and that he will never allow me to be tested, to be tempted beyond my strength. 
I need to focus my attention on the fact that Jesus will always forgive me if I truly go to him in repentance, especially in the sacrament of confession. I need to focus my attention on the fact that everything, including my sufferings, will work for my ultimate good if I love God and put my faith and trust in him. See, if my mind and my heart are truly focused on truths like those and not on all the reasons that I have to be sad and depressed, then I can rejoice. And I can rejoice always, as St. Paul tells me I should. Here, Mary, our Blessed Mother, is a great example for us. How providential it was, my brothers and sisters, that today's responsorial psalm wasn't a psalm at all. Did you realize that? In between the first and second readings at Sunday Mass, normally we hear one of the 150 Old Testament psalms, or at least we hear part of one of those psalms. Today was different. This morning, in place of a psalm, we heard a brief excerpt from our Blessed Mother's Magnificat. That was the beautiful prayer that she said when she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. The prayer is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Now, many people forget this, but the fact of the matter is, Mary, our Blessed Mother, like the rest of us, had many, many reasons not to rejoice. She was poor. She and her people were being oppressed by the pagan Romans. She lived in a violent society, a very dangerous period of human history. Death was literally all around her. Barbarism was literally all around her. And yet, as this beautiful prayer indicates, she was able to look beyond all of that, all of those negative things, and make the conscious and deliberate effort to rejoice. Listen again to her words. She said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices. She doesn't say, I feel joy. She says, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And then she lists some of the things that she knew by faith to be true. She says, The Almighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. In the midst of all the reasons she had not to rejoice, Mary found and Mary focused on, consciously and deliberately, the one reason she had to rejoice always. God. And the great things that the Lord had done for her and for her people. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us that we will follow your example, not only during these days before Christmas, 
but throughout the entire year. Amen.